Good evening, all of you beautiful people, you wonderful, beautiful, absolute vibin' people. How's your week been so far? Has it been rough? Has it been tough? Well, uh, how have your week's been? We're going to make sure it gets better right here at the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites, y'all. Ooh, it's hard. I got to turn that down. Ooh. I, wanna, I have to turn it down because I have to talk, but that is stanky. My God. Whew. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome again to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. Thank you for joining us. Uh... Politics suck, right? <laughs> like politics are are a lot, and um, you know sometimes you can't be politicking all the time. Uh, life is short, but it is sweet, and sometimes you just got to let the sweet be what it is. And today we're gonna we're gonna make things a little bit different. I know we talk about politics a lot. I wanted to take a uh, a little break from that and. Just vibe, man. We're just going to vibe for a little bit. There is a subject today. The subject is the Mushroom Kingdom. And uh, I'm not talking about the Mario Brothers here. Uh, What we're talking about is a little something called psilocybin. Now, I don't know what the rules are here, so... Um, every time I refer to psilocybin, we're just going to talk about it from the perspective of my friend, Bill. All right. Totally different person. Don't worry about it. Bill is a good guy. He's a regular here at the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. And he is not bide. (laughs) They are two different people. Just so we're clear. All right. So, um, I got the suggestion from my friend, Bill, and I I think it's a good one. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, psilocybin is a, it's either a compound or a chemical that's found in magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms being those, uh, hippy-dippy things that people would eat in the 70s, and that people uh, honestly have been uh, eating and tripping on for probably the entirety of human history. Um, It is a psychedelic drug, and there are multiple strains of mushrooms which produce this compound. Uh, My favorite strain, or I'm sorry, Bill's favorite strain, is called Penis Envy, which I find hilarious. Um... (laughs) But it's a psychedelic drug that, um, for those of you who don't, haven't dabbled in psychedelics before, uh, it's an interesting experience. It's one where you're both very much still connected to this world, but very much a part of it. Uh, a lot of the common, if, I'm, if I was describing, or if Bill was describing these, like a, uh, any other drug that you would get from a pharmacy, Bill would say that... Uh, Psilocybin in particular gives you enhanced senses, uh, 
uh, a little bit of muscular relaxation, intensified feelings of connections to everything around you. Uh, colors become very vibrant, very bright. You feel at one with your environment. There's a certain openness and openness to new experience that you feel when you are on it. And there is a sort of intense introspection which comes with uh, inducing psilocybin, uh, depending on the dosage. And the, 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 the introspection is you, uh, there's sort of at times like a barrier between the mind that acts and the mind that thinks. Uh, and sometimes they don't always communicate very clearly. Uh, this is sort of being able to look into yourself really clearly, and sometimes that clarity can be frightening, but a lot of the times it can really lead to breakthroughs uh, because the clarity doesn't really come with a lot of judgments. So if you have a lot of past uh, traumas, insecurities, or, or self-judgments, you can just kind of stare at them sort of blankly and have a sort of clarity in being able to, to uh, speak about them. Or so Bill says. <laughs> but the effects of uh, any kind of trip that you're on with psilocybin are, are very dependent on the setting. Uh, and this isn't just a podcast about should you or should you not. The, the real issue is, since this is still somewhat of a political podcast, we're going to bring it to the politics for just a second. So currently, psilocybin is a Schedule One substance. So that means they're illegal. And Schedule One substances are defined as having a high potential for abuse and having no recognized medical uses. This is very incorrect. Let's start with the latter, okay? Uh, magic mushrooms have a long, long history being used both medicinally and spiritually in dozens of cultures the world over for millennia. It's one of the oldest, uh, feels weird to even call it a drug, one of the oldest sort of compounds that has been used. Um, and as we'll get into, there are some serious medical benefits that are being discovered with psilocybin as a compound right now. So... And then the high potential for abuse, I mean, I don't know, like, really? <laughs> like, I don't know anyone who's tripping every day. And, you know, when, when we look at some of the chemicals or some of the, the things that people really do abuse, you know, uh, you could put cocaine up there, but things like heroin or fentanyl or some of the things that are, I mean, some of these drugs which are even legal now and have a a recognized medicinal use. Uh, I mean, when's the last time you found a mushroom head? You know? Like, we've all heard of a crackhead or an alcoholic. Have you ever seen a mushroom head? Like, is that is that a thing? I don't know, but that guy would be pretty cool. If there was a mushroom head, I'm sure he'd be wilding out uh, in the best way. But let's talk a little bit more about the medical uses right now of psilocybin. So th th there have been a lot of medical trials currently showing that mushrooms can be 
an effective treatment for depression, uh, major depression, actually. Uh, one recent study, I think it was this year, 2022, and it was out of Johns Hopkins University, uh, out of their School of Medicine, found that magic mushrooms relieved major depression for up to a year and perhaps longer. And the study participants were adults with long-term histories of depression. And the study found that two doses of psilocybin combined with supportive talk therapy led to large, stable, and enduring antidepressant effects through a year of follow-up. And this is, uh, again, this is a study out of Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. And uh, I found these results on, on WebMD, which is reporting on them. But at 12 months after this study, three-quarters of study participants had an antidepressant response still from those two doses of psilocybin. And more than half of the study participants were in remission from their depression. And remember, the study was of people with long-term histories of depression. That's pretty wild. Now, someone who's been on antidepressants myself, they take a while to work. When they do work, uh, you know, you have to start taking pills. You take maybe, I don't know, four to six weeks to eight weeks. It usually takes about a month to ramp up. And honestly, you don't even know if the pills are working or not, at least in my experience. I didn't know what the fuck that shit was. No, you know, sorry to get blue, but I don't know what the hell this is. Uh, I didn't like them. So when someone says, hey... We can do some talk therapy and give you two doses of something, and you can have some actual serious potential benefits to your major depression. That should make you perk up. Uh, and and what I find so, uh, frankly, what I find so fascinating about some of the studies coming out now with psilocybin is that it has shown a lot of promise in both opening people up to new experiences and even reshaping their politics. So a 2018 pilot study by Taylor Lyons and Robin Carhart-Harris found that two doses of psilocybin increased the nature-relatedness of participants, indicating that participants felt more connected to the environment, to nature, after treatment. And that same study showed decreased authoritarian political views from the participants, indicating that the participants may have shifted more libertarian in their views following treatment. And that's libertarian with a small L, not the big L. We're not talking about the party libertarians. We're talking about the cool libertarians. You know, the live-and-let-live libertarian ideology. So that's pretty neat. So where does this leave us? Where does this leave us? What if I told you that currently several cities in the U.S., several states, have decriminalized or are in the process of decriminalizing magic mushrooms? And what if I told you that there's more research being done about the effectiveness of magic mushrooms and psilocybin as a medicine, 
as a treatment to depression, past trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, you name it. Would that remind you of anything? Would that remind you of the path of maybe another Schedule One substance that has been, in recent years, actually kind of on the come up? Uh, hmm. I, it seems to be taking a pretty similar path to what weed is currently taking. Weed is kind of blazing the trail, if you will. Uh, pun intended with the blazing. With psilocybin to follow. So what, what could that mean for us as a community, as people interested in politics, as people interested in addressing trauma, as people interested in just life? Uh, well, here's how I see it and how my friend Bill sees it. And I'd be interested to hear how you see it. Because again, today's podcast is just vibes. I think that one of the things that frustrates me the most about political discourse today is that the stakes, look, the stakes are so high that all of us are on edge a lot. And no judgment to that. When the threat you're facing is truly existential, yeah, it's kind of hard to stay calm, cool, and collected in that environment. But with that being the case, with how on edge so many people are and how divided politics are and how they're still sort of run by the same people who have been in power for forever now, with the same interests uh, and whose interests are also aligned in dividing us against each other, it's kind of hard for us to have actual human conversations with other people and treat them as human beings, to treat them as extensions of ourselves, as people with their own worlds their own lives, their own traumas, their own hang-ups and flaws as people. And I always get just a little bit nervous as a, as a budding socialist and a, commo, a communist curious guy myself, I guess. I, I always get a little nervous when our politics become so sharp at hating the people who, look, even if they hate us, but the people who are your political opponents. Because to me, the thing that makes socialism pretty fucking groovy is the degree to which it allows human beings to actually partake in their own humanity instead of having to do the work all the time or having to, you know, like constantly have someone getting something from them. You know what's cool about being a human? Having a fucking barbecue with people you really care about. Going camping and and being around a fire with, uh, you know, 
people who you can talk until, you know, all night, until the sun comes up and you don't even realize it. The human experience is so profound and so unique and so can be so beautiful that my politics are based around allowing people to have that experience. Whatever increases that experience to me is good politics. Uh, But sometimes, man, we get so caught up in everything as it's just going on. And we get so angry that we we turn that anger outward. And now we just got a big finger up towards people saying, hey, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And look, I get it. I've done it. I do it. I still partake. I'm not like above that fray. But... uh, there's got to be something to this whole building community thing. And I do think that if you're going to build class solidarity, it helps if you meet people where they're at as the human beings that they actually are. Mm-hmm. That's my take. That's, uh, those are sort of my politics. But if you have uh, another take... Uh, or any other sort of insight into it, I'd be happy to hear it. I'm going to check the chat real quick to see what's been going on there. Oh, that's sick. There's someone in the chat who has wrote an essay about, what, Magic Mushrooms? Is that Angie? Hey, Angie, if you feel like calling in, uh, would love to have you talk about your essay, but... Honestly, for the remainder of the time, uh, looks like Shelly's calling in. Yeah, let's talk with Shelly, and then we'll uh, see what happens. Because the remainder of the time, like I said, this is a all vibes kind of uh, kind of episode. So, all right, let's take the next caller. All right, Shelly, go ahead and unmute awesome. yourself. Looks like uh, Angie said she will in just a couple of minutes because I would like the hear about her essay because I this is an area that I don't really know anything about but I, I just want to call in you know just to say hi <laughs> yeah hey what's going on uh, it's everything's going great no um I I like some of those, those ideas about like just kind of being able to see more inside yourself and sort of kind of like identify and sort of deal with your own trauma I think that's I think that's important for people's just like growth and health so I definitely think that's important um, and yeah, it does suck. I mean, everything is just like so fractious right now, you know, and it, it does suck that we just, we can't seem to quit fighting and there's so much just like, these aren't the right type of people to involve in your movement. These people need to go away. Like we need to talk about these people because they're not accepted or we don't, like, you can't just you can't just build like a community and expect everyone to show up with your same ideology, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I and it's also about like why why build a community? What is it about the community that makes us want to build it in the first place? 
Um, I think, I mean, just basically having human connection because humans are social creatures. Yeah. I mean, this, this has been one of these things that's been like railed about as far as like, sort of like the lockdowns and like that type of stuff. And, and a lot of the stuff that's been so, um, kind of taken up by the right as far as like anti lockdowns and the socialization of children and all of that type of stuff. Like I can absolutely see some of those arguments. Yeah. Like that's, that's not unimportant, you know, and it can really move a lot of people. And so I un- I understand why that's totally one of their things that they're talking about like the importance of human community and and you know continuing on like a, with a normal life. Um, so I absolutely see that, uh, and I think that's exactly what it is. It's about you know socialization, human community, having connections, having a grounding because you can't really go through life all on your own. I mean, you can, but it's not really all that fulfilling. <laughs> yeah, I I. I, f- I like people, you know, I like feeling useful to people and, and, um, I like people who get me and I like getting people, you know, I like it when, uh, I don't know, like when something happens and you, you're ready to go through it alone but all these people are already there to to support you. They're they're just there. They have a genuine interest in who you are as a person. They they think that you are valuable and they think that you matter. And I think that I think deep down in a lot of people, in the major vast majority of people, people just want to feel like they matter. They want to feel like they belong. They want to feel loved. We don't want to be lonely. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I'm I'm going through like a, a really difficult breakup right now. It does, but it's okay. Like it's and it's nobody's fault, and it's it's not like. No, nah, it was definitely that bitch's fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, like it's it's. It's difficult because it's like, I don't know, like I've, I've been in so many situations where it's been my fault and then there's situations where it's their fault, but sometimes it's just, it's a human, it's people having different human experiences, you know? Yeah. And people being at, being at different places in their life. Yeah. A hundred percent. You just can't help that if you're just, uh, you just happen to be on a different trajectory. A hundred percent. work out, but... I didn't. I, I keep saying I keep saying that she's the right person at the wrong time. And sometimes that can make all the difference. And it's it's really interesting. I mean it's it's but damn if like if going through that and going to bed at night and realizing like when you're in bed you start feeling, Oh, I'm lonely. And it's so weird. It's such a weird feeling. Like there's a void there. And now there's a, there is a, like a compulsion to want to fill it. And I think that, you know, even when I think of some of these people who are doing these really atrocious sort of acts, like hatred is a hell of a fucking drug, but it's, it's potent. And it's, 
anger and hatred are look there's a time for anger but if you don't have it directed and controlled if you don't have a good handle over it then there are there are so many things that can poison the heart that can really poison the heart it's clear you know this whole buffalo shooting and everything that happened there I I don't have sympathy for the shooter at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like clearly he's a fuck up and a you know a his whole legacy now will be racist murderer and no one he won't go down as someone who's really loved in history but god if if you don't you wonder you wonder how disconnected people might be and what leads them to that. I mean, a lot of like, for me, like socialist politics come from what are the things that tend to isolate individuals in their own spaces and, con- and disconnect them from their communities and and uh, make them sad, you know? Yeah. And it's not having autonomy over your time, uh not being able to keep up with any of your loved ones or develop communities or uh, having your the entirety of your life's existence being boiled down to being an exploitable piece of meat for some kind of machine that exploits your value. Um, that doesn't leave a lot of time in societies to, you know, get together and barbecue or whatever, you know? Uh I mean, I think I think there are a lot of groups in history that maybe get together and barbecue would be kind of a sinister. But sure, yeah. To say I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say that I have sympathy for. It, it, I wouldn't necessarily say sympathy, but it is kind of upsetting to think that like someone that young could develop sort of like this, just like this incredibly like hateful and destructive like mindset and. So I, there is a certain amount of me that's kind of like, damn, we really fucked that kid over, you know, like, but it, it doesn't excuse his actions. No, there's no excuse for the actions. Yeah. There's absolutely no excuse for the action, actions. I, I want to make that perfectly clear, too. Yeah. But I do think that what I see or what I feel immediately from, from just hearing that is pain and a, a void of, of, of love in a way. And I know that sounds like a, I'm starting to sound like that if I was your mother, Vladimir Putin woman a little bit, you know, so I better be fucking careful. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be yeah. her. Yeah. But like, there, 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 there's a, there's some real, I mean, like, I can't think of very many people who would who feel valued and who feel love and who feel connected to a community who would do that you know it's it's always these lone wolf motherfuckers man and right. you know and there's a reason for that i think i think there's like we should we should probably fucking explore that man i wonder how I and actually, if yeah go ahead i was just um and then i want to get because angie's angie's on the line so i want to get her on um but I was just listening to someone, like, I can't remember who it was, but I was listening to someone talk about 
um, sort of like the rise of industrial capitalism. And along with that came with um, kind of like the kind of like the birth of what we kind of consider the modern serial killer. And then it kind of seemed, and then they also kind of linked that to sort of like, like a change in like us kind of more moving towards finance capitalism. And then we start having more like mass shooter events instead of kind of like the serial, like the kind of like the classic serial killer events. Really? That's interesting. I mean, and that's, and that, and that was just like one of their observations that that it's not necessarily like there's, I would be interested to see if someone had any proof of like sort of like the change in yeah. relations has yeah. changed into what, you know, how that type of like isolated and um, dangerous type of individual, like how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it's one of those things too, to where it could just be that the more industrialized we've become, the more we've yeah. been able to notice these sort of, sure serial killers as they as they've existed you know because you do i mean i'm sure you do get the ones whose brains are just sort of broken from the start yeah um which i actually feel more sympathy for because it's you know you can't choose your brain hardware like if you're born totally fucked up then you are but there's i mean then there's the ones who are like i mean a lot of the serial killers in in the serial killer era i guess were you know, like abused as kids and usually sexually yeah. abused. And, you know, it, it, like that shit, the whole hurt people, hurt people kind of thing as it goes. But, yeah, it's, I will say, I, it would be weird to me to hear about a bunch of serial killers or, you know, a mass shooter who was like on shrooms or something, right? I I just would not expect that because it, it's so, as a substance, it's so antithetical to yeah. that because it it's almost like you can't help but feel at least more connected to your environment, if not yeah. other people. Now, I did, um, I do know of one of my previous boyfriends did have, like at least the only time that I've ever heard of a violent event on mushrooms. Um, he had gone to high school with some guy and it's kind of like what you were talking about as far as the environment. I don't know if maybe it was just a bad environment, but like he tripped on some mushrooms with like a friend of his and then he ended up killing his friend with basically an ax. So he probably just had like a really bad trip and who knows what type of, like I'm not clear on what the environment is, but that's like the only time I think I've ever heard of, any type of violent, like any type of violence being committed, um, while on mushrooms. And that was just kind of like a really weird event. And I don't, like I said, I don't have any data on it. Um, but that's like the only one I've ever heard of. Yeah. That's pretty violent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is, but you're also, I mean, mean, you know, but like we can find an event of like anything happening with whatever, like, the last time my friend Bill, the last, exactly, exactly. And then even rarer, more rare than a, than a black Mm -hmm. swan, I'd say. Yeah. But But let's, uh, let's get Angie in here. Yeah. I'd love to, love to hear what she has to say. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Shelly. Yeah. I'll call back if, you know, nothing else is going on. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Let's take the next caller. Cool. All right. Angie, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Welcome to the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. 
nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's so uh, fortuitous that we had you in the chat with. Uh, yeah, well, I saw that it was about psilocybin, and I uh, I did write like I'm an addictions counselor. Oh, great! That's fantastic. I haven't practiced yet, like I haven't, but I just took the course and I just got through my training for it. So, okay, um, I actually wrote a I wrote a essay. Um, and did a project. I also did a slideshow to to uh, on uh, illegal drugs and their um, health benefits. And one of the number one ones on that list was um, magic mushrooms, because Ooh. it does have a lot of like qualities that could be very beneficial in medicine. Um, I know you mentioned the uh, how it can be good for depression and things like that, but. Yeah, There's yeah, I would, I would, uh, Angie, you are, uh, this is, uh, serendipitous that you're here because <laughs> I, I would love to hear more about the other, uh, potential benefits mm -hmm. that you've seen from, from, uh, your research or your looking into magic mushrooms. But please, so we've, yeah, we've talked about major sure. depression, but, yeah, and there's so uh, much continue. more. That's not the only one. There's also um, there's PTSD, of course. They try, they did a study and gave it to war vets, micro doses every day. So they'd have they put it in like capsules and they take a micro dose every day. It wasn't enough to get them high. It's just enough to get that happy, you know, that happy, warm feeling you get. I don't know if you've ever tried mushroom. Yeah, my uh, my uh, friend Bill knows that happy, warm feeling you get. Plenty. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I used to do them a lot. I used yeah, to do them. yeah. Not so much anymore that I'm an addictions counselor and everything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm but glad. Th thank you for sharing that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. you get that warm feeling from them, and they give them yeah. microdoses, and they take them every day like you would any other um, mental health pill, like any other. Yeah, they take that every day, and it's legal. You can do that here in Canada, I believe. Yeah, they allow microdoses of mushrooms. It's Damn. actually not illegal here, so I need to move to Canada. <laughs> yeah, but pot's legal here too, right? So Yeah, truth, truth. Yeah, y'all are a little bit a step ahead on that. So Well it um also it helps with um I don't know if you know what cluster headaches are. I actually I remember reading something about this, but yeah, cluster headaches are a big yeah. uh, a big It helps with those too. That's uh, really yeah, it helps with the the studies have shown that it helps people with cluster headaches. They've done studies on that. It also helps with obsessive compulsive disorder. That I so, could see. I could see that for sure. Yeah. So it's pretty cool how they do that. Now, you actually take a dose if you're using it in counseling stuff, you actually get high on like they give it to you. They have you in a room. Um because uh, really? when they did the research, they had people like in a room that was just set up just like a living room. Because I read a lot about the studies they did, yeah. and they had like a medical team waiting just in case in the other room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> made a big deal that it just you know could be horrible. Oh my goodness, which I thought right. was kind of funny. But they, it was just like a regular therapy session, and they got they gave the person the mushrooms and then they waited and the session would be over a period of eight hours. Really? 
Yeah. So, so it's so, a whole, uh, like a like an intense, I don't know, like a, I won't say intense, but it, it lasts the, the entirety of like what a trip would be, right? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like you have somebody there to guide you through your trip. Well, you know, that's so interesting because that's how they used to do it back in the day, like the shamanic tribes and the, you know, the, yeah, the people who exactly. would actually take you on a journey, right? And you would that's what it, yes. you'd be guided yeah. through your entire sort of psychedelic journey and you'd see your visions and you'd do, mm-hmm. you know, you'd come to your conclusions and or you'd, you know, you'd have people yeah. who were familiar with it guiding you. And now today it's just That's like, how it should be almost. It, it well, is. Yeah. I mean like it's nowadays it's like your, it's your friend, it's your friend, Bill's friend who's done it a bunch of times who yeah. knows who bought like tickets to the music festival. And now it's guiding yeah. you all around, right? It's, exactly. <laughs> or a bunch of kids get together, a bunch of teenagers get together and just do it. And have no idea what's going to go on. Yeah. Like, see that one, that one, I, I, I would, I very much do think that's good, but I would hope, I always want there to be like, you need one person at least who's like a shaman. Like yeah. you need someone to act as a shaman to like, guide people through the experience to guide people back whenever there's like bad trip vibes or anything going on like mm-hmm. someone who's exactly. like navigated these waters before and then can like bring the group and the collective in and you have to be like of a mindset and in a place where everybody can be calm and happy and if you're not yes. happy and you got to get something out make sure you're in a safe place with yes, safe people where you can talk and, and yeah people that aren't gonna you know kind of amp you up to make it worse so if you do get in that place you can turn on some calming music or you know have people yeah. there guide you exactly and the tribes used them way back then for a reason yeah, like they used they used them properly. Yeah. it's when you use them and you're going to use them, like not in the right way. I think that they can be a problem. And this is this is something me as an addictions counselor, I don't know, could get me in a little trouble. But really, I don't think the problem with addiction is using something the way it should be used. It's using something in a way that affects your life negatively, right? So yeah, I don't absolutely. believe that drugs should be outlawed. I'm of the variety of person that believes, I honestly believe all all drugs should be legal. <laughs> Angie, have you uh, heard of, a, what what's his name? Dr. Carl Hart, I believe? No, I haven't. Carl Hart. No, I, a, I just got out of a bad relationship too, hey? Uh, I don't oh, leave my house yeah. often. I, he yeah. was very abusive, mine though. So. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just started to come on Colin because... I think it's awesome. Colin's pretty awesome. It's a I lot usually of fun. go to the Pangburn yeah. shows, but this is really interesting because not only mushrooms, but mar- marijuana is highly, highly wonderful medicinal herb too. Oh, absolutely. Well. absolutely. And then there, there are other drugs too, but they aren't natural, so I, I won't bring them up here. But there are quite a few other drugs well, with really great properties. Of, I mean. Uh, so uh, the, I can guess a couple of them, right? Uh, MDMA is MDMA yes. is one, yep. absolutely. Right. Uh, LSD is absolutely You're another right. one. Yeah, um, totally right. Uh, ooh, what would another one be? Oh God! Uh, whatever the um, the um, the whatever's responsible for like ayahuasca, DMT, maybe. But I'm sure there are less studies on DMT. That well, that one seems oh, yeah. way more like. Well, That's... see, they say the L- L- LSD helps with alcoholism. 
believe it or not. You know what? Funnily enough, you have a, a question here, Angie, about alcoholism oh. in the chat, too. And they, they yeah. want me to, um, Shelly wants me to ask you about, um, well, pot versus alcohol in regards to addiction. And maybe we can work the, uh, the LSD uh, treatment in here as well. Yeah. Well, you know, any substance can be addictive. Any any substance can be addictive, really. Right. Um, and if you have, they they now think there's a gene. There's like an an addiction gene. Like it's all very up in the air for addiction. Like mm. there's so many different theories, and they haven't quite figured it out yet. But some people think that addiction is a gene that you can get. It's hereditary. Other people think that it's situational and it's due to like the society around you and your economic standing right. and things like right. that. They're, they're, I believe personally it could be a combination of all of that. Yeah, it probably <laughs> is. Nature versus nurture. I, I a was lot. addicted yeah. for a lot of years. You know, I was addicted to um, first alcohol and then unfortunately crystal meth for oh, wow. a very long time. And I've been sober now off that stuff for, uh, oh gosh, it's going on. It'll be four years. <laughs> next oh my God. Year. Congratulations, Angie. Look yeah. at you. That's I was so on the street, sick, dude. I, I was on the street involved You're... in games, like the whole thing. Like, no shit. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. That's amazing so, that you, you, thank you. God, that's so <laughs> cool. I'm, 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 I, I know I don't know you, but I'm so fucking proud of you. That's so, thank you. Thank that's you amazing. so much. That, that's yeah, am- I don't have a family. Yes. I don't have anybody. I did that. I did it with the help of, like, I just did it kind of on my own with a little help from treatment and a few other places, but yeah. I'm, I'm proud of what I am now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. That's fire. That's yeah. Sick. And they liked me in the addictions class because I come from a whole different world. Like they were all people maybe without addictions that were in class with me that don't know the streets and stuff. I right. hope to go back to the streets as somebody that has street cred and lived there and lived the lifestyle yeah. in the games and doing all that. I hope to go back there and maybe be able to help other people because I don't believe people are throwaways. They're ever. not. No, they're no, not. not. They're not. They like it, it, it's if if. I mean, you know, I don't have as much experience with with that, but I I grew up around around I don't know I grew up in like a a really small town that's uh, has a a really bad meth problem, and you yes. see some of the people who get sucked into it and who usually vulnerable. They're very and and the thing is like you 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 think whenever you think of an addict before, and I'm ashamed even to admit this, but like you think mm-hmm. of someone who already has some kind of character flaw, or yeah, but that's not it at all. Like one Usually one it's somebody who's sad and vulnerable. Oh my god, I was just about to say one of, one of the people yeah. who I think about all the time. She, you know. That's who all, you would prey on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, all she had was was it was just her and her brother and her dad, and her dad just mm-hmm. died, you know. And they're mm-hmm. living they're living in this trailer, and her their only source of income just dies, mm-hmm. and then she's on meth. Yeah, and, but and she, I always know, say the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah, which is why I think yeah. you know, like. 
we the, we all gotta love each other a little more yeah as a world like as a society as a community we gotta see that person who's down and we've got to help them back up again we're in a society where we're all living on our electronics and i can see people like we'll all be sitting in a room together and everybody will be on their cell phone yeah i even thought myself messaging my friend sitting right across from me texting her <laughs> and i was like what the hell is going on here like this yeah. is ridiculous so yeah. we, we seem to just care so much about ourselves lately and if only we weren't so afraid or like i don't know if it's we're afraid to or we're worried about it but go on, go up to that person that looks a little sad give them a smile at least something you know ask them how they're i doing. hear you i absolutely <laughs> hear i i think but but i'll i'll bring it to like okay the uh, I'll play a little. I don't want to play like devil's advocate because I agree with everything that you're saying 100. Yeah. percent I guess where I think that things like psilocybin can come in is I do it think it makes everybody happier. <laughs> well, it, it does, and I, I think I think that today we face a lot of forces, especially in like a lot of these Western societies too, which is so interesting because I'm always hearing about mm-hmm. like Western values and Western societies and like. The people who vibe the most that I know yeah. are my fucking Nigerian side of the family. Like, right? they're all connected. They're chilling. They're all hanging out. They're it's a whole community. They're part they of something greater. They listen. They, they listen know to each, each, other. each other. They know each yeah. other's families. Families like they know yeah. everything. And and they probably get together regularly too, don't they? They do all the time. Yeah, all the time. And yeah. that's that's what I find so fascinating is that like. The disease it's of Western loneliness. Culture. We've yes. forgotten all that. Like yes. Western culture has gone down the tubes. They, it's gone really it's, down it's, the tubes. It's so individualist sometimes that it seems like it, there's this false competition that that is occurring sometimes between like um, you know the degree to be like you don't need to you can be an individual and mm-hmm. and not like think that that makes you in competition with everybody else. Like everybody, yeah. like, like being part of a community and being an individual are both possible at the same time. And in fact, it's yeah, like the way that are. most places are, but it's, yeah. you know, oh, I ahead. believe that everybody has wisdom and like the point of life to me is it's like a puzzle. Every human being you come across or every animal or every living creature has a little piece of that puzzle, you know, that you want. And it's up to you to get that piece of the puzzle and put it together to find your own meaning of life. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Like, it, it, it helps whenever you still have people who are doing their own puzzles around you and everyone's mm-hmm. you feel like you're part of a group that's all doing this puzzle or your own puzzles yeah. together. Right. Like and and I do think that, you know, loneliness and sort of sort of uh, this, I don't know, this this sadness and this sort of independence that comes is is very much a a a, an effect of sort of Western. It's a sickness and it's a Western 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 sort of hard, (laughs) hardcore, more and more capitalist. Um, yeah, it's the money. Money is the new god. I wrote a poem, and that's what yeah. it's called. Money is the new god. I'm not religious or anything, but it just seems like people have begun to worship money and material yeah. items. Yeah, yeah. They like 
they don't want the every time somebody gets a cell phone, they want bigger, better, newer, bigger, better, newer one. Yeah. And they almost put relationships in the same way. Like that's why people yes. don't see together and everything. Yes. It's because instead of fixing, like my grandparents, they have been married sixty-seven years. Good for and, them. Yeah, my grandpa's just going into a home. It's really sad. It's really sad how they have to grow old and they can't sleep in the same bed. Yeah. Like, I do not understand that. They should have homes where grandma and grandpa can be together and sleep in the bed together and be husband and wife together. Not yeah, my, my grandparents just, just moved into a home where they're doing that. So I'm not I'm not sure... Yeah, that's, I don't that's know. It's really strange to see. Yeah. I'm my sorry grandpa about that. needs yeah. care and my grandma doesn't. My grandpa's, yeah. yeah just give him a she fucking apartment. Bring him to the hospital and leave him there. She was kind of. God, that's that's bullshit. Sad, but... That's bullshit. But I mean, you know, the. the... Yeah. The 67 but years part is pretty sick, though. 67 years. Dumb. I asked him, what's your secret? And my grandpa said, um, when times got tough, instead of pushing each other away, we brought each other closer together and we clung on to each other instead of letting go. And my grandma, she said in, in our day, if you had a tractor, cause they're farmers, if you had a tractor and that tractor broke, you didn't buy a brand new tractor. You fixed your old tractor cause it was a good tractor and it gave you years of hard work. So you fixed it because you have value in something like that that's yeah. been reliable over the years and it's just like relationships you don't just throw it out because it's broken it's been there for you it's you know it means something so you fix it you don't just throw it away and they said that us younger generation we just have like this disposable attitude about things yeah so i try not to do that that's some real <laughs> shit that's some real yeah. shit it would be very funny though if, like, your grandpa then said, "Also anal." <laughs> <laughs> no, he did say I put your grandma in the Head Start program, though. Which oh, meant, <laughs> yeah. damn, Grandpa! Let's <laughs> and go. Then grandpa, grandma gave him a little slap and said, "Harvey." Oh, that's, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. He got her pregnant before they were married. <laughs> oh, there they go. Head Start, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Grandpa, Grandma Angie, let's go. So uh, the other drugs, though, were uh, cocaine. Really? Yeah, okay. which is a good, it's a topical anesthetic, so it's good. Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. That, yeah. As well as irritable bowel syndrome. That is also true. I've heard of that. Yeah. dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's, I've never done that stuff, but that's, and yeah. heroin, except the only thing they used to use, and that comes from the poppy plant. They don't mean the, right, uh, the right. sweet version, right? They mean the, right. when it's on, on, the, the but pure, they use that yeah. in palliative care. That's yeah. good. That's what they use for palliative care. Yeah, heroin's always had medical uses, but, um, you know, the, they used to use the, it in surgery and stuff. All the time. All the time they used to use it. Yeah. yeah. It was, it I'd was, be scared to not be. You'd be well, uh, this, this, <laughs> this, this reminds me again of, of, I really think, Angie, that you would vibe a lot with Dr. Carl Hart. He's just C-A-R-L-H-A-R-T. He's, um, he's been making the rounds on a lot of different podcasts and stuff, but he, he's a guy, yeah. I forget what school he's from it might be columbia university he's a professor well, of psychology i talked to him because i was pretty controversial in my school like they oh really he is he's great like he he literally takes he he 
currently still will take all drugs and just yeah. has a his relationship with drugs. Uh, he wrote a book. What's it called? I can find it on here. Um, but he had an appearance on um, Crystal Kyle and Friends, and then another appearance on I think Joe Rogan's podcast. I really think you would like all of his work, especially as an addiction counselor as you are. He he, yeah. very uh, a I'm lot of the things you've been it. saying are very similar. Um, well, and see, the problem with addiction isn't necessarily the drug. They want to exactly. outlaw, outlaw the drug. They don't want to fix the addiction. Exactly. You can outlaw a drug. You are not going to fix a person's addiction by outlawing something. 100%. You're only going to give it away to the criminals to provide the person with the drug. And you're creating a black market, which causes crime. Ding, 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 so. ding, ding. Uh, uh, <laughs> a thousand percent. Like, I, you know, I feel the same way uh, about that as I feel about, like, sex work and the likes, right? Like, when you're... Well, remote. see, I, I am also a phone sex operator because I can't find work right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let's go, Angie. Let's yeah. <laughs> um, actually, the problem was I didn't want to take the uh, COVID shot. Oh, really? Oh, this is Just, so fascinating. Yeah. Okay. They would not allow me to get my uh, diploma because really? uh, they wouldn't let me finish my practicum. I aced all the school part, but nobody will give me a practicum because I'm just waiting to see what happens with this shot. Oh my God, you're kidding. Myself. You're kidding. So, so the, so, so they denied is... me what I worked so hard for and what I wanted so bad. They won't. Yeah. 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 And that's well, here that, in Canada, yeah. but yeah. I understand that there are rules and everything. It's just, they put that through that, that vaccine through so quickly that it does kind of make me a little iffy. As well, on top of that, <laughs> I totally um, get that. I I, yeah. I I I honestly get like my thing was you know I saw a lot of the studies out of the vaccines that they had in France where it had like a ninety percent reduction in COVID rate. We don't know what the long term effects are, but fuck it, a lot of people don't know what the long term effects are of COVID yeah. anyways. That was my risk tolerance. I felt it felt comfortable to me. Um, yeah. But I I totally well, I it totally from understand that. Had this shot, so I don't want to understand that. I caught well, COVID yeah, but that's that's COVID so that's that's the thing that I think it's, one of the biggest problems with 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 COVID generally, as far as how society has kind of responded to it, especially in America, I, and it was like mm -hmm. that a little bit in Canada too, because I know it's pretty bad in Canada, yeah. and shit, and you had the the truckers doing their thing. Just ask the truckers, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, I, it, it became politicized so quickly that yeah. it really confused a lot of the information that was coming out, and that made it very difficult for anyone. Like, I mean, like I have my my fucking homie for life is like like my my dude is like oh God. One of them is like he's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit, and I gotta. It makes me really sad, but there's a lot of shit going it, on in this life. It's a terrible time yeah. for anybody with mental health problems. You know, it's you can't really tough. You can't isolate people with mental health issues. It's really tough. That's. Crazy. I mean, I saw. I and I saw what happened to him, and I saw him. And addictions. You know, I lost yeah. a lot of friends that were addicted, and they died alone because 100%. they were drugs alone. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Fentanyl deaths just they almost they more than doubled. Yeah, I lost. Uh, this is crazy, but I lost twelve friends 
in the past year. And these are young people. Jesus. They're not that old. 12 people died. To addiction? Yeah, because of fentanyl. <sighs> 12 of them. And one of them, a few of them were clean and sober and just wanted that one last time. And they were all alone and, yeah. you know, mandate. Well, that, and, uh, that would that would make it, I mean, like, fuck, if, if you know, things like, well, I guess they want the fentanyl too, though, right? That's what I've heard about fentanyl. I don't know too much well, about yeah, fentanyl. It's very, addi- it's that. one of the most addicting drugs. Yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. And uh, you get real sick. Uh, you, people coming off of it, it's not a pretty thing. It's like uh, coming off of heroin. Is it comparable to that? It's worse. Okay, I I, I suspect it would be, yeah. Yeah, it is way worse. Damn, dude. And um, the thing with fentanyl is when they refine it and put it on the street, uh, you never know what you're getting. So you never know how heavy or light it's going to be. It could be 10 times stronger than regular fentanyl, or it could be not strong at all. So it's really easy for them to overdose on. And again, that's, that's... Another argument for either legalizing or at least fucking decriminalizing. I mean, decriminalizing wouldn't really help that, though, right? You you need to legalize it no. so you can at least get some regulation in there as to you yeah, know what you're and getting. It, well, and maybe Big Pharma might not need to make any more freaking fentanyls. Yeah, Big Pharma. <laughs> here's the problem with, like, Big Pharma and all that, A lot of people, yeah. you know what they tell me? Their drug dealer was their doctor, and that's how they got hooked first. But that's true. Angie, that's just true, you know? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons, too, you know, even talking and about psilocybin. doesn't do that. Like, but, but exactly, exactly. But part of the reason, <laughs> part of the reason that it's been speculated that, Things like marijuana still aren't legal, well, or, or psilocybin still aren't legal. Drug, but that's so ridiculous. But no, 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 I, no. I'm saying that part of the reason that it's been speculated why psilocybin remains illegal and yeah. why marijuana remains illegal is because big pharma can't patent it and profit it's, off that's of That's exactly why. See, in Canada here, it didn't get legalized. We're st- I'm starting to figure out that. Uh, it was because they figured out how they could tax and make money off it. Because now. Things are coming out like, okay, well, you're not allowed to, they just have so many other laws they're making around the marijuana. Like, you're not allowed to grow it. Or if you do grow it, you have to have a license to grow it. That's so stupid. It's so dumb. Because they want you to only be able to get it from them. But that's, you see, this is, so, God, this is what makes me so, like, upset with capitalism, though. Honestly, Mm -hmm. are, are the degree to which... Everything's a moneymaker. Everything. And so whatever they have to do to maintain making money, they'll do. If it means that making... It is. It is. You need another incentive in there. I'm sorry, but like, you know, when people tell me the free marketplace or whatever, and I say, okay, but the free marketplace isn't really... It isn't really that because it's people trying to vie for as much Mm -hmm. power as they can whenever they get in. And then yeah. once they get a hold of the market, control it and stop all other people from participating in it or doing anything in it. Like, it's the like fact the, that I can't grow my yeah. own weed is so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. are you going to fucking say I can't grow my own tomatoes? Because that's that's the because same logic. Because they want you to buy tomatoes off them. From fucking, <laughs> you know, some goddamn whatever. It's so stupid. Well, and I'm afraid it might be like that one day. You just never know. Oh, because of the way girl. Getting, you know? Girl. Remember, Nestle, Nestle has, for years,
years been trying to privatize public water sources, like lakes oh, and shit. Oh, my God. Nest- I just Dude, know, if- we're not allowed to collect water. There's a Canadian law. You're not allowed to collect water in a rain barrel. Okay, I just found Here, this here's, out. here's my... Because they don't want you to get collect your own rainwater. Okay. And you know what they say? Because they can't tell where the water ran off from. So if it ran off from a neighbor's yard, that's really their water. Okay, so I got two, <laughs> two, I got, I got two responses for that. One, I got three. One, no one fucking owns rainwater, water. piece of shit. Okay, no. that's number one. Yeah. Number two is that even if it ran off from something else and it was like contaminated or something... <laughs> Okay, it's called assumption of risk. Like, if you collect your own rainwater and drink it, cool. You deal with whatever the consequences of that may be. Whatever. It's probably fine. And then three, also, uh, making a law about something like that, just just kiss my fucking ass. Like, seriously. We wanted to use it to water our lawn because we wanted to try to find ways to be better, more healthy for the environment, right? Save water. See, that's that's a state, that's a state overreach by far. That's, 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 like, that, oh, God. Well, and two, like, why can't we go out and pick mushrooms? Why can't we? What Why can't we grow them? Why can't we grow mushrooms illegal? An illegal plant. It just sounds so ridiculous to me. It is so stupid. It it is ridiculous. Like, the fact that you're outlawing a plant. Like, no, we've decided that this plant is too dangerous for you. Goodbye. Like Christians can't even argue, because I used to be big-time Christian, and right in the Bible, it says you're allowed to use whatever plant God has put on the earth. Dude, there's been plenty of that, too. There's been plenty. You know? I mean, there there are some Christian traditions that did a little something, something. If you know what I mean. Yeah, right? Get down. Those are my kinds well, of Christians. To make people <laughs> remain sick, like when mushrooms yeah. help them with depression, and depression is a killer. It kills people. So major, major. To let people die. Yeah. Just to make illegal. That just it floors me. Yeah, you can use it to help with other addictions too. Like it well, takes off. They say yeah. it takes off the uh, edge from alcoholism. Well, that's she what we were talking about. Study and gave them LSD and mushrooms for alcoholism, and it uh, actually got it was way better than anything else they tried to make cut off that edge to make people not need the alcohol and alcohol is almost as bad to get off of as heroin getting off alcohol can kill people oh a hundred percent again and 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 alcoholism is is i mean even if you just look at the effects of the drug or the amount of deaths caused by the drug or the amount of like um what do you call them like extraneous factors uh the, the you well, call the amount of trauma factors. your children go right 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 it's not comorbidities there's a word for yeah, it like yeah. like it? comorbidity is one of them but what i'm thinking of is a word that's like um the the uh like side effects it's similar to side effects i, I it'll come to me at some point but like even if you just <laughs> look at i know it, but it happens all the time and it's it's kind of fun yeah. because it makes you come up with different words to explain the word that you know there is a word for which kind of makes you a little creative for the second right but like yeah right (laughs) um but you know the the uh, you know with those ill effects that come from alcohol too even if you're just looking at what's legal and what's not legal it's Mm -hmm. if you look at the art the amount of destruction outs that alcohol has caused versus 
weed yeah. or versus mushrooms. Well, now calls generations and generations yes, yes. of families are affected by that. Like, yeah. Dude, and I don't know anybody that goes out and smokes pot, eats mushrooms, and starts beating people up either. Like, <laughs> no. Maybe it's happened once or twice, but not often. Not uh, uh, yeah, it's it's not a regular occurrence. I mean, what happened in my case I don't think it's the was... drug's fault. It's probably not the fault of the mushrooms or the fault of the pot if somebody does that. It's something's going on in their head that just is really bugging them, probably. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, right? it's usually like, and then, you know, maybe you should actually take some more mushrooms and then talk that out right <laughs> yeah therapy. well i like i like having like somebody to guide you like they did in the even yeah. in the 60s even in the 60s yeah. lots of times when they do mushrooms they would do it as a group and that's what they do they'd have somebody that had done mushrooms before and would be like hey we're all gonna have a good trip now and <laughs> hell yeah you know? And the world was a different place, though, back then. Now, what youth and what people are dealing with is a whole lot different. Um, it's, it's rough. They're overcrowded yeah. like sardines in a sardine can most of the time. Well, they're, they're overcrowded. And then they're also like, I, I think the loneliness is different today. I yeah, do think, I do think the self-isolation is really bad today. Like, I, I wasn't there in yeah, the 60s, obviously. But Honestly, I, I, I was going to commit suicide not long ago. I was. Yeah. I was really sad over my breakup. This call-in app kind of saved me, actually. <laughs> no shit. I Angie. downloaded the call-in app. Angie, yeah, you should uh, you should fucking stick around, homie, because uh, I yeah. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm really you have a lot to add to this world Thank and to you. like this conversation, and you've really helped a lot of people on this call and whoever listens afterwards. Like, yeah, we should let some, some, people, some other people talk, though, shouldn't we? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. Some people have been calling, but like, oh, I'm, my friend, I'm having a good time. Oh, who yeah. is? My friend Colonel's here. Okay. Owen's here too. Owen's cool too. I know all Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, I do. I do really like this app though for that reason because like um, it is amazing to have people just be able to talk and from all around the world too. Yeah, like, that is so cool. Different experiences and different like knowledge and, and yeah, uh, it's it's um it's my favorite version so far of the parasocial relationship to to the degree yeah. that it exists. Right, like yeah. Uh, uh, I've talked to some really interesting people. Yeah. From all over the world too. I wouldn't get that chance if it wasn't for stuff like this. But there's not a lot that have that would let us talk about this, or well, you know, they, they're so censored. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I would say um, my friend Bill is mm-hmm. gonna secure a nice a bit of mushrooms for everyone on this call, and we're all gonna come together in a forest. And just oh, like, that is so cool. <laughs> just I, I have a lot of mushrooms right now. I, have, <laughs> I do have a lot of mushrooms. My friend yeah. uh, grows them. Oh, don't tell. Don't <laughs> tell anybody. Andrew, you got to protect your source, my girl. You got to protect that, you know, but like, yeah. Oh, I, it's, I, it's, it's okay in Canada. It's not illegal. Oh, it's not legal at all in Canada? No. It's only illegal once they are dry. Really? That's a and then it's still stew? not illegal. It's only uh, illegal to you know possess them, and they okay. just throw them away. It's not a charge, but yeah, they're not until they're dried. They're good. Well, I like <laughs> that. That's 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 the way to be because I do I do feel like it's, Canada's cool. Canada's turning a little cooler, you know. I like that. <laughs> that's good. I I think I think America should turn that way. I think a lot of us should turn that way. And honestly, I, I'm for just about like I was saying with Shelley earlier. Like I'm for anything that 
increases our connection to each other. That increases mm-hmm. our community. That increases our sense of like, uh, oneness, sort of oneness, <laughs> like a societal, yeah. a societal oneness, a communal, a communal oneness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, you know, people like I, like I, like I was saying before, people like to feel useful. They like to feel yeah. valued. They like, and, and you this know, things too. You know, they like to know that you're, you hear them, you see them. A hundred percent. You don't even have to agree. You don't even have to have the same views you as don't. people. You just have to accept. Like, as long as it's not hurting you, who cares what a person believes yeah. in or what you know. And honestly, a lot of straight, right, right. And and a lot of the people who you wouldn't or who wouldn't accept you to begin with when they come into that community will change and will, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think the power of personal connection is pretty. I mean, I've seen it work before in actually changing the politics of, of people. Yes. And know? if all us people like-minded, like you and I and everybody in this call, like if we all did get together and I mean worldwide and try to spread a message, everybody, I think we could do something, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people are apathetic. They just don't think that they can make a difference. Anymore. I think, yes, but that, I would say that is, the apathetic, the apathy caused by them feeling like they can't make a difference from feeling like they're not and they're connected. Lonely. They're lonely. They they're all. I mean, girl, I was on like, I've been trying to like, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going through that breakup and everything. So I, yeah, I, I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So uh, you know, it's been about like a month and or a month and a half, and I'm, I'm getting back on the dating apps. I am, uh, apparently I'm pretty hot, by the way, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just did the dating but, acting for the first time, too, and right. I'm like, whoa. But, like, <laughs> just You see- are hot, though. I saw oh, your oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, homie, I appreciate it, appreciate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, but seeing how many people are just, like, looking for someone in a way... I was, I was and just, we're all you right know? here in the world together beside you know? each other. Exactly. Exactly. It's so, it's so like, it's almost like, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's like, trippy. Weird. It's trippy to see that, you know, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> surrounded it's honestly, by people, but, but we're so all lonely. lonely. Exactly. It's so wild, but like, we need to have another Woodstock. <laughs> well, honestly, we—that's what I'm saying, though. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. That you know, I do think that, like, again, the power of connection, the power of like, like, look, I'm at a stage in my life, or Bill is at a stage in his life where he can be a shaman, right? Like, yeah, where he has shamaned people mm-hmm. into, and you see how it kind of affects them positively. Yeah, like. Why would I be against continuing to do that for people? Like, I, yeah. I you know, I, I like. And when, it's all about corporations. That's what it is. It's all about money. Yeah. It's all about dollars and cents. It yeah, doesn't but make we're, sense. We're, we're still here. We're yeah. still here. Like, I'm sorry, but as long as there's like a dollar and cents incentive and, you know, yeah. like, yes, it is. Those are the people who run shit, but like, fuck them. Fuck them. What are they going to do? Like, I'm sorry, but like, 
I'm at a certain point. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. The people doing united it. will never be defeated. That's yeah. So how do we? How do we unite people? How do we go? We've and got I got to deal with the loneliness, and we've got to deal with the isolation everybody keeps themselves in. And I don't know how what to do about that. Well, Angie, you were just saying that Colin was helping you in that way. Yeah, I guess it's communication. We just have to somehow communicate with all of the people that are lonely. We just need to, honestly, and here's the thing. (laughs) The the cool thing about having mass numbers is that uh, I think Maximilian Alvarez has this phrase. He says, like, uh, nobody has to do it all, but... um, God, I can't remember what it is, but the idea of it is that, like, even what are the effects of, like, let's say, okay, we got, what, seven people live on this call. What can we do to positively affect the lives of seven people here to make people feel community here? To make well, them I think feel. In this call with us, we already all have. We're all. I think we are. Here. I think we yeah, are. So then, can... if us seven people go out to. Seven more people each, that doubles the amount. Even if you go to two. Yeah, two. The people united. It's it's the unification of people. That's the thing that is the true power of like a mass movement. Is that mm-hmm. and that is why, again, when I was talking to Shelly earlier about um the need to feel to actually have a community and why I don't like mm-hmm. hating uh I try to avoid that. I try to avoid. Oh, yeah, so you do know, I. I don't believe in hating. I try to love who I hate. I I, I try, and sometimes hate. sometimes it's very difficult. And I get it when people get frustrated with that because there mm-hmm. are people who actually do hate you and want to do you harm, and that is yeah. the truth to it. But you have to see what is that. They're like, why do they want that? What is at the core of that person? Like, hurt people hurt people. I think there's a real truth to that. And I think there's a real, and my humanity, where I get, where I understand what my philosophical core is, what my ideological core is, is that I want people to be able to experience joy. I want people to be able to experience community. And as long as that hurt motherfucker who wants to hurt me is still included in people, well then God damn it, I would like to catch that person before they get to that stage, and they're still included in my idea of what a yeah. a, a better society would look like. They would be yeah. <laughs> in a utopia, right? Or even just a betteropia, which, yeah. <laughs> you know, because we're actually not that far in a lot of ways from just like a betteropia. And that's how you just yeah. start. Like we, you know, utopia, I want to get there. I know that, like, in my life, I I won't, probably. I don't know what it's going to be. And things are constantly but in flux. But you can plant a seed. If I can also make things better, like, if I if my stage of the Bettertopia could be like, yo, we got people health care. Everybody yeah. health care. That's cool. That's a good thing. That's a long-term sort of plan to get oh, to that no. utopia. It looks like Shelly's back. We should let Shelly have a chat. She probably has something to say. Yes, absolutely. A- Angie, Sorry. it's been an an absolute pleasure. An absolute yeah, pleasure. I'm gonna I, I follow your show. You we'll yeah, and I'll follow you and um you know see, I, I'm see on Thursdays, dial dialectical love line. I have, oh, I have sick. Okay. Oh, right on. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I will. I will. But thank you so much for, for all of your insights. And you've You're been welcome. Uh, yeah. absolute fucking pleasure. It's been you too. wonderful great call. Great to see you. Yeah, great to see you too. Bye. And next up, we got Shelly. What's happening? Welcome back. No, I'm back. It's terrible. Um, no, I wanna... <laughs> I really no we love you, Shelly. Stop. Stop. I really want to thank Angie for bringing all of that information and just like sharing her background and, and just sharing some of like the lows. And then here she is like giving us this entire different perspective on where she came from and where she went and, and how much human growth people can achieve. And yeah. so I would like to challenge the listeners right now to don't be shy. Like yeah. if we're going to have these conversations, if we're going to have this type of like human growth human connection then get involved in the conversation it's a little bit scary you're going to be recorded people can go find it three years later whatever but you know there are a lot of us that want to hear from people that stay silent a lot of the times and i would i would really hope to encourage yeah 100 100 i mean what you're bringing up to is look the the power of actual human connection is that you could be, you can have all these thoughts in your head, you can have all these words that you're putting out, and then you can hear from someone like Angie who comes from, comes from that experience, who the, the, you know, the people who would want to make movies about these kinds of experiences or whatever, which I'm, I, I also am not a big fan of like taking people's pain and trauma and making it like let's monetize this and market it to the to the people and they'll love it but the like tell me that you didn't just have a human connection just hearing angie talk about the shit she did to become a drug counselor or someone an addiction counselor like isn't that a beautiful story like how is that not beautiful how is that not like the definition of like human resilience and also pain yeah. and and finding a way of like to to make purpose out of life like the the audacity of human beings to continue existing you know that is so fucking punk rock dude that is punk rock as fuck to get to the lowest level to think that existence itself is not worth being here for and then to fucking do it anyways that is tell me that's not like uh 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 you know what's a god to a non-believer type thing tell me that's not like a a person standing up against the world standing up against the universe to just fucking keep going and to make something meaningful to create meaning out of their own life that is so like to, to dwell i mean what that's the what john Satur, whatever the 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 myth of sisyphus guy who came up with that idea i i think yeah i can't remember the name but i, don't I can't remember but that french dude who's like yo this is punk rock to do this to like find meaning in a, in what could be a meaningless life is like for that to actually and, and and you hear stuff like that and it actually affects you. So 
where the fuck is the meaninglessness in that? It's gone. Even but you know what I'm saying? Like, like from this stupid Colin app, suddenly just by connecting with someone and hearing their story, and it's I, affected I, I my life. You know, I don't think that it's stupid. I think that the, like, as yes. much of an anti-capitalist as I am, I can still sort of appreciate the framework on that the app was created and all that. And and I a hundred percent. A hundred percent is that they're trying to do. And there are these, uh, the, there are these small connections that we can make. And we're, we're talking with a group of what I think seven people the last time I looked at how many were on. And you know, that, is, that is a foundation to, to find human community and to find human solidarity with a couple of people. And then I also just noticed that Angie asked me to talk about my life and to know my wisdoms. And so I'll, I'll do that as briefly as I can. Um, I am literally the whitest person on earth. <laughs> so you've mentioned I, before. <laughs> yes. I, I, yes, I am like, I'm literally see-through uh, and I'm a redhead and I was born in the deep South in Arkansas. And, uh, so I've been here for 30 something years. Uh, I was homeschooled. So I was incredibly sheltered whenever I was younger, I graduated whenever I was 15. Um, and then I decided that my parents didn't know shit and then I wanted to experience the world. And then I ended up with, uh, a boyfriend that essentially got me a prison sentence. Yeah. And so I, I, because my parents had the affluence and the wealth to hire an attorney I was able to go before a court in a very nice pantsuit and my incredibly um, white judge, it, 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 Judge Langston, he, he was known to be the toughest judge in the entirety of like my county. And I came up there and he just saw my little quivering lip in my pantsuit and he gave me a month in jail. So I went in there. And I had never experienced the amount of community that I had ever experienced anywhere else. I had a, a group of individuals that the second I came in there, all of them, and it was, it was, it, it literally changed my perspective on life because I came in there and, and it was overwhelmingly a black population that was jailed. And they were telling me about their families, their children, and all of them kept saying this one line that just kind of like later on it drove me crazy. They kept saying like, you don't belong here. As if they did. And they, they made sure I was fed. They, they, were, they were the kindest group of people I have ever come in contact with. I have never felt like any group of people cared more about me than those women in jail. I've never experienced anything like that. And I would have to say, I've mentioned a couple of other things previously to you that set me on a path of radicalization. It was that that set me on the path of radicalization. Yeah. So that's briefly whenever, it, because like Angie had so many stories and I'm just trying to sum mine up. I, I could go into more detail, but I don't want to take up 
more time, but it was it was being able to experience other people that had things, frankly, worse than I did. And even they were able to show empathy, sympathy, and care. And I wanted to be like them. That's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking sick. I fucking love human experiences. I fucking love it. Like that's humans are humans are beautiful. Yeah, and that's, and that's one of the reasons why it's so terrible that we're always put in these conflicts with each other. You know, that's the reason why war is so disastrous. It's that's why violence. we gotta reject it. We gotta reject as much of that as you can. And I do think you know, at least my friend Bill, who is definitely not me, thinks that like sometimes psychedelics, shrooms. They'll take you out of that shit real fucking quick. They'll, you'll see things a little bit differently. You'll keep your eye on the fucking ball of what it is. Because I do think that there's a lot of this, especially with politics and everything, that can like suddenly get you forgetting about the human beings, forgetting about the humanity, forgetting about the fact that I am you and you are me and we are and, and you know that stuff that starts to sound hippy dippy but on a yeah. on some real shit is actually true is you know well, true as to what it the actual feeling of it is true as to what the heart of it is and true as to like if you have a political agenda when you want to help people quote unquote what what does that mean who are the people that you're going to help it it keeps you connected to the people who are here to your personhood to your humanity and it makes it you know those defining you being in a a jail shaking feeling like you did something stupid and got led into something stupid and Mm -hmm. you know rebelling against your parents and now you get to this place where you would take it back that's absolutely absolutely that that like like my mom you know she's she's consistently gone through this thing where she's like oh that shouldn't have happened to you and you know you you fucked up once and you know all but to me i would never take it back no that was something that i learned about life here it was is this was like i was a homeschooled little privileged fucking white girl that really didn't know anything about the world. And I, based on my own dumb decisions and my, and you know, things that people get roped into all the time, you know, yeah, yeah, just things that just happen in life. And I was thrust into a situation that quote unquote, shouldn't happen to someone nice like me. Yeah. And there was no greater <laughs> humanity yeah. That I have ever experienced inside that jail. Yeah. That is where I found my love for humanity, and I will never let go of it. It's funny. I love no, those no, women. Uh, no greater humanity, I, no greater humility, you know? Yep. From having the experience of, oh, this shouldn't happen to someone nice, and then realizing how many fucking nice people yeah. are just in that jail, like yep. <laughs> just doing time who don't have that. Like that, it's a fucking trip, dude. Ew. And though, and those women were sitting there and telling me, "You don't belong here," 
And the only yeah. thing, like at the time, I remember being ignorant and stupid and being like, I really don't. But the year, like years after it, whenever I was really looking back on it and processing and analyzing, I was like, no, they didn't belong there either. Amen. And why Amen. is it that they looked at me and said that I didn't belong there? Amen. But I was sitting there and I didn't have the humility to say that you guys don't belong here either. And that is what I You didn't know I've though, too. You out. didn't know too. But that's well, that's the thing, you know, like we're we're the we're the consequences yeah, it, it's part of the process of growing, of learning. We're the consequences of a lot of things, including our experiences and how we how we interpret them and how we grow from them and you know, how they shape us too, you know, and you're letting it shape you. You're letting it shape you now. And that means something. And that's worth doing. And, you know, focusing on the humanity of the people who you met in there is a good, I think at least, like a really good place to maintain your focus, to put, you I, know, I think put it your is heart. Too. And I, and I want to hear from Andrew. I really do too. I was about to say, Andrew's been, yeah. been here. I'm going to take him up. Shelly, thank you again. If we, uh, yes. We'll see how long we're going tonight, we'll but like, later. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> bye. Yeah, okay. Yeah, bye. All right, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. You can go ahead and, uh, oh, you're Yo. already unmuted. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yeah, Yo, sure, man. I want to hear more from Shelly, too. Um, what you were talking about reminded me of that book that Chris Hedges uh, wrote a little bit ago about where he's yeah. teaching in a prison and yeah. he was having his students read kind of classics of theater. And then they, he had them write scenes just to kind of get them into theater. And then he was really touched by what they wrote and he made a play with them. And, and a lot of what he has to say is kind of the same shit, like to varying degrees, people who had, you know, done nothing that we would consider worthy of putting you in prison. And by we, I mean like the vast majority of people in the U S or even to people who, you know, maybe a lot of people would say, oh, you stole something or uh, you broke somebody's arm in a fight or whatever. Like, you deserve some jail. Like, still, what I think what we think of as, like, deserving of jail needs a lot of examination as well. Amen. Amen to that. Like, whether or not it's deserving and also whether or not, you know, what is – do people really understand what is prison in the United States and – do they do they really believe that's addressing the problem, or are they getting out like kind of a, uh, uh, I don't know how to say it, like a repressed anger or vengeance on yeah, other people, like vicariously? Yeah. No, I think I mean like I, you know, I I'm not an expert in it or anything, but I do think Andrew that it's it's I would be tempted to say it's more of the latter. The degree, you know, the degree to which so much of the the rhetoric even around prisons is in this country is based on, uh, you know, based around like punishment and and even deterrence, as if as if a lot of the reason why a lot of the people who commit so many of these crimes in the first place is because you know they they have or they don't have other options, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like they're actually going to be deterred from it. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's, or it's even ridiculous. Yeah, or even just what Shelley was saying like uh, about her experience. I kind of came in in the middle of that, um, so I didn't hear all of it, but it sounded like a, a portion of it was kind of like some fairly unintended consequences from uh, uh, 
an action that was not heavily, you know, premeditated to use some legal jargon. Hundred um, percent. Like, how are you going to deter somebody from doing something in the heat of a moment in a situation they didn't expect to be in either? How is how is like harsh corporal punishment and depriving you of your livelihood right deterring right. someone from something they don't intend to do the the crime that shelly should have been prosecuted for is being horny for the wrong person <laughs> basically what it comes down to right like i guess i didn't been here but but that um, that was I her agree. thing yeah she she <laughs> fell in she fell in with the wrong guy and then found herself in the middle of some fucked up shit. And that's like, oh, yeah. but like, what are we going to, what are we punishing her for? Right now, yeah. her experience did give her a lot of perspective. I'm, you know, like we can't expect that experience to be the one that everyone gets. You know what I mean? Like she, she came away with just an A1, like a perfect experience that she could have had from that, which actually shaped her into the person in a lot of ways that she is today. But like, yeah. If our prison system did that to everybody, cool. I'd be a lot happier with it. That's yeah. not what it does. A lot of the times yeah. it treats people like fucking animals, puts them in there, makes them be their worst versions of themselves. Absolutely no rehabilitation. Uh, yeah. Institutionalizes them to this system of being treated it like them animals. Into yeah, the, into 100%. that blind spot I, I kind of mentioned a minute ago where people are like, they might, even if they don't really... I don't know. It's probably not conscious, but they probably still do. But even if they don't at all kind of wish punishment on people for medial infractions, or I don't really want to call them crimes. Like, yeah. even if it's not even that, uh, it's like they don't, they don't even understand what it is. And what it is, is it's, I think it's legalized slavery in most cases. Like, well, that's, it's yeah. even more profitable than yeah. chattel slavery was in many cases. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's true as far at least the legalized slavery is absolutely true. It's it's the one uh, exception to the Fourteenth Amendment is that uh, you know you can't have any forced labor except for punishment for crimes. And there's no uh, you know it's no coincidence that after that amendment passed that you had these uh, vagrancy laws that were being passed yeah. in the South. Kind of a were, replica of like the yeah. what do they call the English common law that that mm. turned everyone from like yes yeah. you know land landed peasants into serfs right and then criminalized all of their just normal behavior yeah yeah it's and, and that's you know and and there's a, a, a much lesser version of that that we can draw directly to today when it comes to you know with things like psilocybin and the likes but like. You know, the degree to which you have um, – where, where you have systems that have – they say, hey, we're going to give you a right, but we're going to do it in a way that profits the people who are already at the top of the system to begin with, right? So when we look yeah. at marijuana and say, hey, uh, as um, Angie was telling us earlier when we are uh, talking, hey, you uh, marijuana is legal, but you can't actually grow it in your own space, right? Yeah. That's an issue, right? I'm That's... from Washington. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, you were one of the first states to to legalize it. Yeah, I think we were like in the second round. I can't remember. Who, yeah, I think it was Colorado was first, and then it yeah. was us. So I don't yeah, remember. You were, exactly. I think you were with Colorado. I think you. I think yeah. it was simultaneous or very yeah, soon, very soon. I, I have a, a few friends who live in Colorado now, and and who were living there at the time it was legalized, and they describe something pretty similar to what I experienced in Washington, which is where. Every single like, you know, your neighborhood 
people loving, peace loving, hippie person who grows really good weed had yeah. nowhere near the financial means to get involved. And they actually gave it yes. over to the liquor control board to regulate. And they put on a 25% tax on the grower and the merchant. Mm-hmm. And Washington already has like 10% sales tax. So you just effectively legislated every single like small time grower out of the business. A hundred percent. And that's not a free market. You know what I'm saying? No. That's absolutely not a free market. And, and what I find, we had a similar thing happen over here in Chicago, which... Mm. Uh, you had to apply for a, or in order to even get an application to apply to become uh, like in a lottery or to be considered as one of the growers. I think the the amount you had to pay was like ten thousand dollars or some shit. I think it was twenty five thousand. Yeah, but I might be misremembering, and it might have actually been two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Holy fuck! It's it, it was really high. It was like. Yeah. There was no way that you could get in unless you already had capital behind you. And honestly, yeah. like, sorry, but the people I want growing my weed are not the people who have a lot of capital behind them. You know, I want, I do want, <laughs> I want, I want the dirty cool, hands yeah, I want the dude who listens to Grateful Dead and like turned me on to like all kinds of like different shit. Like, it has I don't that know, really like the good, like old LSD you can't really find. Yeah, that old shit. Exactly. That's the dude I want growing all my, that's the dude I want to give me all of my drugs. That guy right there. But no, now yeah. I got to get it from fucking, you know, like. Um, liquor corp, liquor corp, pharmacy, bro, blah blah, whatever, and that's yeah. just like, what the fuck is that? Like the fact that like even, venture capital's brick and mortar attempt. Yeah, some fucking I don't know Elon Musk startup for <laughs> bullshit weed or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't know. but that that's the problem, you know. Like like that is a problem, and that you know one of the reason why I, I've become more and more attracted to just like socialist politics or politics that are actually based on people possessing democratic power is like a state should not function to pick winners and losers in that way, you know, to only benefit the people who already have capital. That seems like bullshit to me. And it also, and then we have to deal with these kinds of arbitrary laws that happen. I mean, imagine if like we had, we're getting to the point to where if we had a referendum, like a national referendum that said, hey, you cannot force uh, anybody to work, even if they're prisoners, or if they're in prison and they're working, you have to give them minimum wage. I think we might be getting to a place to where enough people in the United States, and if those prisoners who you know, actually retain the right to vote, or if they still have the right to vote, they would probably That's vote, yeah, same, that huh? seems fair. That seems fair. Like, they should be. If you're going to make someone work, they should be at least making whatever least, the minimum wage is, right? I, I would hope so. I actually am not sure, like, if I if I believe the country is there. But I do. what I do think they might say is, well, you know what? Like, have them work on, like, public works projects instead of fucking McDonald's uniforms and, True. The, you know, whatever True. bullshit that's making someone – more money than literal chattel slavery. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, maybe the way to get them there, the people who aren't there yet, is I do think, look, I I guess my, my big thesis for today's episode really is generally I don't see a way forward that doesn't include people who may not be there yet 
but that I can get there, that we can get there. We, and I don't mean this in like a big tent politics or anything like that. I mean that there is something profound about recognizing the humanity of somebody yeah. and showing them. And to the degree, to the extent that we can get people who understand that you're recognizing their humanity, that you're seeing them, that you care I agree. about them. I think you'll at least get more people who are vibing with you. I don't think you're going to get them all. I don't think you're, no, you know, sure. but like. That's got to be part of our, like, political structure. That's got to be part of our our mission. Yeah. Um, and like, you know that saying um, where it's like, people don't care how much they know unless they know how much you care? Uh, like, I haven't that, heard that. That's sick. I don't know who to attribute that to other than my friend, uh, my friend Joy, but I don't know. Like, that's a, that's a pretty – I think that's a pretty true – you said uh, your friend, what was his name, Joy? Yeah, yeah, they go by Joyful. All right, um, Joyful. Yeah, with some wisdom. Can I shout can out I, to Joyful? Yeah. <laughs> can I throw out one more thing about what Shelly was saying about like the humanity that she only experienced in this uh, <clears throat> in the prison system? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's interesting that. <clears throat> you see that that occurs in struggle where like all of the other propaganda of life is stripped away and it doesn't, or it's not stripped away, but it actually just doesn't matter to you while you're in that situation of struggle. And all you have around you are your relationships with people. Um, I've experienced that in really limited ways in the U S but I actually, I moved to Mexico in December and you know, like in the cities, there's still kind of the cold vibe of like, I got fucking places to go and there's way too many people here. Right. Um, right. But even still, I feel like there's more of like, um, like I think there's actually more indigenous culture in Mexico that survived the attempts at genocide. And I think that's a part of it. I like everyone's so always like, you got to be fed when you're in my house. Uh, we're going to tell you the safe way to go somewhere, even if I don't know you. Um, and especially in the rural areas or like within families, I think families are actually like more intact here. And I don't think that should, I don't think your like blood family should be the end all be all of like a healthy human bunch of relationships or society. But I do see such a difference here that, you know, there's like average kind of normal people looking out for you. And, and even if the, you kind of get pissed off, like, they're not just going to screw you over because um, they think, oh, I'll never have to deal with this person again. I don't yeah. know. I, I can't really articulate exactly why uh, what Shelly said reminded me of some of the social experiences here. But yeah. like, even when I couldn't speak Spanish very well, which was, you know, I still can't speak Spanish very well. But when it was like a struggle for me to explain anything, I still didn't feel that lonely. Like people were always like very um, invested in each other's well-being, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think I think you're hitting on something that seems to be a commonality with that and I wish I could articulate it, but it's it's I don't know, something I don't, and I don't know if it's a struggle or I, I I do think that I don't know. I'm reminded of a story I read a long time ago on on Reddit which God, I don't know if I bring this up or not. Maybe you know what? Fuck it. Whatever. It's the the friend Hampton Inn and Suites. There are no rules. <laughs> but there was a guy who was um I don't know, maybe you all have heard of it. There there's an old Reddit thread 
from like 2012 or something, but it's today it's called Today You Tomorrow Me. Mm. And it's just this um this guy who is driving his car, just a single guy who's driving his car on the road and he breaks down. And he's on the side of the road and a bunch of cars pass, a bunch of cars pass. Uh and the car that stops next to him is this this van with a guy. It's a Mexican guy and his whole family there. He's got his wife. He's got, like, all these kids there and everything who are just there. And, you know, this the, the long and short of it is this guy goes with his whole family, super inconvenienced. He can't speak a lick of English. Um goes out of his way above and beyond. I think he goes up to like a gas station to go get gas. He does like all kinds of stuff with like jacking the car up and fixing it. Goes way out of his way just to just to help the stranger who's broken down on the road. Mm-hmm. And then the guy's wife is like giving him like I don't know, they had some kind of food that they were giving him from a cooler too. Probably and fucking they, really good food. Really good food, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, like maybe, I don't know, maybe there were tamales or something, but like gave him these tamales to eat while they were all waiting and everything, but spent like, I, I think this went on for hours mm-hmm. until the guy was ready to go. And the guy is broken down, tries to give this, uh, you know, this uh, this guy who stopped to help him, tries to give this Mexican family this $20 and the... They refuse it, and they just say, uh, today you, tomorrow me. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the the guy who's broken down, he slips the $20 into like a, uh, I don't know, either gives it to the wife or Gotta slips hide it, it in, Yeah, tries to hide it. Yeah. And the Mexican family, they pull off in their van after giving him like more tamales or something (laughs) and in the bag of tamales when they're already gone is the fucking twenty dollars he tried to give them (laughs) right there and he just starts crying on the side of the road he just breaks down he's just crying because he can't believe that just some strangers out of nowhere just went that far out of their way to uh, to help him like that and yeah now the 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 best part of that story is though is that now that guy at least at the time that he wrote that today you tomorrow me post on Reddit goes around and always stops whenever there's a car on the side of the road he always stops and he always does exactly what happened to him to whoever you know when someone's broken down he tries to act like that family that stopped to help him yeah. And I think there's something so fucking profound about that. It's very simple, but there's something so profound about just that choice, that choice to do that, that I think uh, is worth, I don't know, it's worth, worth pondering. That's a modern day uh, parable for sure. It really is. It's a modern day parable. And uh, that's why mushrooms should be legal. <laughs> that's the, that's yeah. my essay. Um, 
but yeah, well, Andrew, thank you so much for for calling in, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's been it's been a pleasure. We've been going for about two ish about two ish hours now. We're getting there. This is a long one. A lot of people interested in that psilocybin stuff. I get you. I get you. I get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yo, know, I appreciate you having me on. I'm definitely gonna listen to you on the regular. I, I actually, the, I was like looking around, like some other cool people in here that I recognize you guys from earlier other shows. I was like, oh, some cool people are listening to this guy. And then what really got me was that it was the Fred Hampton in parentheses and sweets. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. I, I I I thought that was funny too. I I like to joke around a lot, so I was like, yeah, it's time, it's time. Well, you're an excellent but, uh, podcast host. I like this. Like, it's like a radio. It really feels like a like nighttime uh, radio, but with less Art Bell wildness. But I still would be down almost. Yeah, you know what? You know what the the key is, man. Honestly, the key is that like I I really like talking to people. And I like if I can get enough of a prompt for people to want to show up, maybe listen to 20 minutes of what I have to say and then call in the people themselves are the people who are fucking fascinating, man. I mean, you heard you heard from Shelly. I don't know if you heard when Angie was here earlier. And you are frying up some good eggs or something, my dude. <laughs> like so, some so, chicken. Okay, there you go. <laughs> frying up some chicken tonight. But like uh, Shelly's story, obviously fascinating. Uh, there was another person here, Angie, who called in and was telling her life story. Yeah, Bruh. I heard a bit of Angie too, Ooh. and then I had to bounce for a minute. But yeah, you have some fucking cool people calling in. These are just people calling in. I didn't even have to do any of that. I I just got it. Like <laughs> you know, like they they just co- come in, call in. Now you're calling in. I think I think people are fucking fascinating. If you give them the space to actually exist, to speak. To tell the, tell you, tell all of us about where they're from, about how they got there. Uh, then, you know, we can, like I said, we can just vibe out. We can really just vibe out. So uh, I am the, as long as I can write a fun enough prompt to get people in here and then actually get you all to be vulnerable enough to share with other people, to to speak like uh then i think we can all learn a lot from each other and really it's all it's all about y'all y'all are the ones who be making the fred hampton in suites great that's what i'm trying to do i'm just trying to create the the you know make sure you got your towels make sure that the room's clean make sure that you're nice and comfortable when you lay down in that revolutionary bed and then like you know when you get up get up and you check out whenever you need to, and and we're all good. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I like it. I, uh, I will just say I agree with you about the, the the fascinating nature of just all people, and that there's always something to learn and be shared with everyone you meet. But also, you are a good conductor, my friend. You you make a comfy ass in. Well, thank you, man. That I, I pride myself on. On our business here, so <laughs> cool. go ahead and uh, yeah, pop offs. Uh, yeah, yeah. The survey at the uh, bottom of your receipt, though, I know it's zero dollars and zero cents, but that survey at the bottom of your receipt, if you can just uh, submit it and uh, give us all fives, fives out of fives, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but thank you for calling in, Andrew. That was that was dope. 
Um, oh, Shelly coming back. Okay, let's go, Shelly. Let's, let's, you know what? We're going to close it out with Shelly unless anyone else is trying to call in. Uh, but Shelly, come on, come on over here. Let's, uh, unmute yourself and let's go. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, um, everyone's comments have been so supportive and I really appreciate it. I just, I, I didn't just want to like say it in the chat. I just wanted to thank all of you for a lot of the things that you guys have been saying in the chat has been very, um, very helpful and, and very soul nurturing. Hey, that's why that's why we're trying to legalize mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. So we're on Shelly, but community and why we're trying to to support and legalize human connection, which it seems like yes. our society is doing everything it can to pry us apart. Oh, we'll try it ain't gonna do it though. We we well, and mm. this is this is the proof of that. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that, Shelly. I really just want to thank everyone so much. You guys are so kind and generous. No, thank you, Shelly. I pre- thank you for sharing that, for being vulnerable um, in this space. It, it 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 helps. It really helps all of us to understand that we're all human beings, and that it it, it helps us vibe. I don't know, like like human connection is a fucking vibe, and understanding where humans come from and what motivates them is. is is dope. So. I think you should vibe with Carson for just. I know. I was just about to say I, I Carson's been. Call in. I will okay. not call in. I, I love. Okay. I love, all, I love all you guys, and I love you. Bye. All right. Bye, Shelly. Love you too, girl. All right, and finally, we've finally been able to get Carson. I've seen you try to call in a couple times tonight, and I know you've had some dropping off, dropping back on. But if you want to go ahead and unmute yourself down at the bottom, just click. I just want to say that I love how positive you are. You made my day bro listening to you oh, thank you bro so much. come on man you you made my day dude thank you bro that's 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 amazing man uh listen this was a this is a good vibes podcast day i know like i was saying at the beginning all of this politics shit sometimes it gets a little weighty you know there's a lot of weight sometimes sometimes and you you we feel it you can feel it but sometimes, you know, we forget that we're not the only ones trying to hold that weight up. You know, we can all. And also, you know, like, baby, sometimes we're just floating. You know, sometimes it's okay to just be with all of your people and float a little bit. If thank that makes so any sense. Much. Yeah, thank, thank you, so man. Much. Thank you, man. Thank you, Carson. I appreciate you calling in and I appreciate you uh that's cool. It's cool. Positive reinforcement's pretty sick. I'm a fan. <laughs> Have a good so, night. Yeah, you do the same. You do the same, homie. Oh, that was sick. Man, Carson coming with the good vibes. Look at this. We wanted a good vibes kind of night, and we got it. We did it, everybody. Look, uh, look at us just vibing, being positive in this crazy world that we're in. I'm, I'm into it. You know what? And that's... That's a good way to end. Man, that, that's making me a little emotional, Carson. Shit. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Listen, I, I, this has been a real fun episode. I'm so glad that y'all came by. Uh, we will do it again probably next week. And uh, I've been enjoying my stay at the Fred Hampton Inn and Suites. 
And I hope you all are too. We're going to end that there. And uh, good vibes to everybody. Uh, You all have a good night. Take it easy.